What's going on, everybody? Panama Jackson here. We want to thank you all for rocking out with us here at Bourbon and Border Loans on the Blacktastic Podcast Network. We love doing our podcasts and these episodes about Queen Sugar, especially this season, this last season, season six. And you're going to notice when you listen to this episode, a couple things. Number one, we start this episode out with an interview with Anthony Sparks, executive producer, writer, showrunner. We had an ep- we had it we had an interview recorded last week, but due to technology, we lost it. And he was so gracious enough to come back and join us again and give us another opportunity to talk with him about the show, all kinds of basically behind the scenes things, information about putting the show together. So thank you to Anthony Sparks. Thank you to own. Thank you to Queen Sugar and everybody involved. Um, it was a great conversation. We really appreciated having him there. But what that means is that when you're listening to this episode, you're going to notice that it might sound a little bit disjointed. For one, we recorded our regular episode with our recap and our good and the bad, and that's it, before we knew we were going to have an opportunity to talk with Anthony again. So the first part of this episode is our discussion with with, uh, Anthony Sparks. We also didn't know that the show was going to be renewed for a seventh season. That's something we found out in our conversation with Anthony Sparks. So when we did our ad, uh, our advictions or even the beginning of the episode discussion, we kind of talk about it as if maybe the show's not coming back. By the time we finish recording, by the time this is edited, it turns out the show is coming back. So a couple things to note. Number one, the first part of this episode, of this longer episode, features an, an episode with Anthony Sparks, uh, features, features a conversation with Anthony Sparks, excuse me. The second part is our regular recap. The good, the bad, and that's it. Our discussion about the episode and about the season, uh, the season finale. And then Anthony comes back to do our shots of bourbon for both this episode and the season. You see, early on, we were trying to decide if we were going to do another episode. Turns out, we don't even need to. So this is going to be the final episode of Bourbon and Border Loans for this season. So thank you for listening. I hope that's helpful in your journey listening to this episode. And uh, thanks for rocking with us. We appreciate you. We love you. From myself, Panama, Shawnice, Janae, Corey, and Jabri, thanks for listening. Have a black one. This going on everybody welcome to a special uh a special episode a special occasion we have we are joined today by writer executive producer showrunner uh one of the reasons one of the people that keeps this queen sugar train going one of the reasons we have these amazing story arcs uh one of the reasons why queen sugar is our favorite show on television Please put your virtual and digital hands together for Mr. Anthony Sparks. Hey, I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Thank you, Panama, for that awesome introduction. And um, it's, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I, I've said it before. Uh, when I discovered that you all were doing this podcast a few years back, it became my, uh, the, the day after, it became my day after treat. 
you know, to hear what you all had to say. I love hearing you Just all tell us anything, so Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's it really is great motivation for us, too, because, you know, when you do when you create anything, I mean, you you're creative. This is a creative endeavor on our part. And when you find out the people you're actually talking about, engage with it and listen to it yeah. and like know who you are and actually care about the, the direction you're going with it, too. Like it gives you a little extra something to keep doing it but also it's like man this is you never know who's paying attention you and never know wow yeah. yeah exactly you know it's exactly that i mean tv at its best and storytelling at its best is actually a conversation you know and social media now and with you know you all doing this beautiful podcast to be able to to hear what people uh are thinking real time after they've thought about it you know um, there are moments I try not to let that drive, you know, the storytelling, but I will admit there are moments where I'm like, oh, that's great. So it's great, especially because writing, one of the reasons I love TV writing and working in the TV space is it's a combination of, you know, the loner hermit writer. But it's also a very social way of writing compared to all other forms of writing. You got to be with people. You got to work with people. And um, so I feel like it's an extension of that, being able to have this conversation, you know, week after week about how things are hitting you or not, you know, and what you think and stuff like that. It's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being here. And, you know, we have all had the opportunity. We've all seen the the, the season finale of uh, – of season six season of six. queen sugar yep and uh so congratulations on making it to six seasons you know that's so exciting like it's given us something to do for for quite some time now <laughs> yeah um i wanted to ask you you know i'll start here the arc of ralph angel Bordelone. yeah so you know we often have these conversations internally <laughs> you know jabri and i've definitely had this conversation like just amongst one another about how like ralph angel is Probably for my money, and I'm gonna make. I'm actually gonna probably write this down, try to make a case for it. Like the most nuanced black male character in television, like of all time. Uh-huh. And awesome. yeah, Say all that. time. I, I'm I'm saying Say all time. Like I think Say I that. we've never seen a character <laughs> like Ralph Angel before. Nobody, no black male character has ever had so many different. Um, like he's got a lot of principles. Yeah. He has both pride in some interesting ways and no pride at all in ways you think he would have yeah. pride. You know what I mean? Like he's right. he right. he zigs and zags right. in the oddest of moments, but it, it kind of creates this very full. He's a fully developed human. You know what I mean? Like a fully developed yes. human. And like, I, I wonder, like, how intentional has that been or has that happened just over time? I mean, the whole thing with Kenya to begin, yeah. like that caught everybody off guard. But then you start paying attention to everything else he does when that one thing seems like it doesn't necessarily jive. Yeah. Um, like how, how, how is the development of Ralph Angel happened over the course of the show? Uh, first of all, the character is, thank you for saying that. Thank you for just jumping out on a ledge and saying that. Um, I'm going to back you up a hundred percent, bro. I right. agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. He is, I love all of the queen sugar characters. It is an amazing collection of characters. Um, but I do think Ralph Angel holds this space so beautifully played and breathed life into by Kofi Sirabo. Um, 
you know, because frankly, as a show goes on, if you don't have an actor who can do all that and give you all those different levels, then as writers, you tend to start writing away from things that you don't think will work, you know, with mm-hmm. that actor's instrument. There's never been a single, I just have to, before I go on, I just have to say there's never been a single scene, moment, or story that we've discussed in the writer's room that I knew that Kofi couldn't elevate. So, like, I got to give the brothers flowers, all right? So he kills it. Um, but, yes, I agree with you 100%. I think we have tried very much to push the boundaries of what a Black man can be and look like and the different complexities that that Black man can hold and express with that character. Absolutely. So it's been very, very intentional. I mean, when Ava created the show, the introduction of Ralph Angel, his first scene is you um, see him talking to uh, his son, Blue, and then you see him rob a store. And then you mm-hmm. see him come back to his son, and his son's got a doll. And it's like all of those complexities in that introduction, it was right there. And what we did in the writer's room was just keep digging and digging and digging into that, you know. I remember in season two when we introduced uh, the character, uh, the trans character of of, of, of Tuan, um, played by Brian Michaels, who's now like a big star, right? And I remember pitching that, and I had been thinking throughout the hiatuses a lot about his background, like where did that ease with his son with a doll where did that maybe come from? Like he's had to have had some sort of exposure experience that, that pushed him in certain ways. And that was, you know, the beginning of the conversation that led to the introduction of that character. And we handled it as matter of fact as we could without it being yeah. like, this is a special <laughs> right. character and a special person. You know, we very much try to shy away from that. And so um, I said once before that, Um, It's not something I'm particularly proud of, but the Ralph Angel character became a conduit through which I actually became closer to one of my brothers. I have a large family. I got like eight or nine brothers and sisters, depending on how you count. (laughs) Very black. Very black. (laughs) And I'm the baby boy. And I do have a brother who did a couple of stints inside. And it became a, a, a way for me to begin to talk to him more about areas that I was, prior to that, sort of afraid to ask him about his experience, you know, and what made him finally go, I'm not doing this anymore, you know, uh, which he did, and, you know, and he's an incredible, you know, productive member of society. Um, and uh, so there's also sort of a, 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 a wanting to fill out that this person's life doesn't have to end with that experience. But we also can't act like that experience didn't happen, you know, with him serving time and stuff like that. So, yeah. Thank you for, for seeing Ralph Angel that way. It means a lot to me. Um, my question, uh, you know, sort of piggybacks off of that, uh, just about how, you know, uh, a prestige black television show has a certain responsibility. Uh, we <laughs> talked about this uh, when you when you joined yeah. us last week, uh, you know, yeah. that we lost <laughs> it into the ether. But um, uh, I thought th- that your answer was just so great that I had to ask you again. You know, yeah. so, you know, we talked about it here, you know, Panama talk about our conversations all the time about, you know, what the Black Tastic Podcast Network is and do we do we lead thought or do we reflect it? You know, uh, do we try to tell people how we think things should be by, you know, showing it on the show or do we just 
reflect, you know, what's happening in the community and what's being talked about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so, yeah. so you know, uh, other shows don't have this responsibility. It's they very do. important with black stuff. I think the example I used last time was like Succession. Um, you know, yeah. they don't they don't have the, res- the same responsibility to the right. community that a show like Queen Sugar seems to. So, you know, right. how do you balance that? You know, do you do you want to just just show what's happening in the community or show what you know what should be? Are, are we reflecting or are we leading? Are we yeah. representing? Yeah, Please. yeah, I I love that question. It is a great question. We could spend hours just talking about that, right? And and it's that's a question that has been very important to me, certainly during Queen Sugar and even in my career before Queen Sugar and will continue to be important to me in my career after Queen Sugar. Um, do we lead or do we reflect? Um, it sounds like a cop-out, but it's not. I think the responsibility that we have as Black creative people is that we have to do both. And I do believe that um, if you reflect us in, in as much fullness as you can, or at least try to, that that in a way, in a way is also leading thought because we've had to do so much corrective work in terms of our imagery in the TV and film space, there is this pressure as a Black creative who gets a shot to have access to larger audiences in your storytelling to lead thought, to represent us in a way that we can be proud, right, and positive. Mm -hmm. And I believe in that. But I also believe that there's a danger in that. I call it the super Negro syndrome. <laughs> and, and what it is, is that you then, you know, you see sisters, especially these days, grappling with that. I'm a strong black woman. Yes, you are on Monday, but you might not feel that way on Tuesday. And that's okay, <laughs> you know? And so we want to represent and we want to lead, uh, or, but we also have to reflect that we are fully human. And that means that you have foibles. That means you have frailties and flaws. And I believe that we, out of a good intention, when we do that corrective imagery work, that's a good intention and it's great and it's important for um, our community and our kids to see that. But we also have to embrace our humanity and the fact that um, we're not one thing uh, at all times. And that if you make a mistake, um, that that's not the end all and be all with you. So like in terms of reflecting, like really back to Ralph Angel, this season, you know, it was a season that very much, you know, frustrated a lot of, of our viewers. That was intentional because the whole point of that to me was to show a character who falls down, you know. Um, like I said, my character did, uh, my brother did two stints. And so, and, you know, I remember talking to him and he would talk to me a lot as we were writing the show. And he was like, if you go back, you're generally going back for the same thing you did the first time. You know, that's, that's what recidivism is sort of about. And so, you know, setting up this season with him where he's got all of these pressures, he's got his first biological child, his second child, but his first biological child. And what is that doing on him? doing to him at the same time that Vi had just said your daddy would be ashamed of you at the end of season five that to me was the driving force of like like this dude's sense of ownership and masculinity is a lot more perhaps fragile than we think it is as it is for most brothers actually you know so he's gonna do anything he can to get it right this time because when blue was born he was 
in the system. Darla was struggling with substance abuse. So that whole thing was to drive, like, he'll do anything to, you know, be the stand-up guy, even to the point of falling back into some stuff that he shouldn't have done. So, yeah, he didn't make great decisions, but it was more of an emotional excavation of, of what that means. So in that way, we're trying to reflect. But I have to say, just to, to uh, try and answer your question a little bit more succinctly, is I don't know how to write TV or create stories that not only reflect the world as it is, but also as we want the world to be. So in that way, I also believe that that's a part of leading. And that's really what this season's story is about, moving from this, the, if, if you were to do a simple arc about what this season was about, now that you've seen the whole season, it was about moving from this idea of individual ownership to this idea of group economics, to this idea mm. of, of Black people being able to carve out a space. In the original version, we, I went even further. Um, we pulled it back a little bit just because we thought it was better storytelling. But the idea was, can Black people create a space that is just for them where Black joy is celebrated and Black, um, um, uh, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for here? Uh, determination, Black determination. Um, like, what does that look like? And so I'm very proud of that story this season. And we had to take a journey to get there to be able to have in an organic way through these characters, a conversation about, no, forget the farm, one farm, we want the town, mm. you know, what's that look like? I've never seen that in a TV show before. So, you know, it's a very scary sort of um, territory to walk into trying to tell a story like that, very ambitious, um, you know, but that was what um, they let me do. That's awesome. and so, <laughs> that's <what we> <laughs> so Anthony, I know you've essentially been with this show since the beginning, you know, first in the writer's room and now a showrunner. And so I know the insight that you have is, you know, pretty holistic and comprehensive just in terms of where this show has been and, and where it is and where it's going. And so I kind of have a two part question because I actually noticed you wrote this last episode. Um, and I was yeah. wondering if the approach is a little different writing a season finale versus any other episode in the middle and you know even thinking about the season and, and really the show as a whole like how far in advance do you know how it all ends do you kind of write with the end okay. in mind or do you just kind of go where the story takes you well it's it's mostly the the former but you have to create space for the latter and what I mean by that is that tv production a tv show once a show is created and is green lit and you actually put and you actually cast actors and you find writers and, and, and crew and directors, it becomes a living, breathing organism that is informed by the people that work on the show. And just like the realities of production, you may have an idea for a scene that you're going to shoot on Tuesday and you're, you know, and an actor is sick that day. But you got to shoot. What are you going to do? You know, so suddenly, you know, you're shifting things around that may or may not affect the story as originally intended. But the short answer to what you're saying is, is that we work very hard at the beginning of the season. I, I know exactly where we're going. I know exactly where we're going. Think of it almost like a plane and you're, t you know, loading up for a trip that, you know, is going to be, you know, a 12 hour plane ride. And you just so the first episode or two, you're loading all this cargo onto this plane, right? And so, and then, and that's your first one or two episodes, and you're taking off. And then around, you know, and you're telling your stories. And then around, let's say if it's a season of 
let's say if it's a season of 13 episodes, around episode 10, you got to start trying plane. to land the plane. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so we usually do this sort of top secret document that I would do and, and give to Ava and Owen and Warner Brothers at the beginning of the season. And it's usually like this 25-page document where I say, we're going to do this, 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 and this. Um, it's not broken down into the minute detail. Nobody wants to read all that. It's, you know, it's it's 25 pages of this is what the season looks like. I'm a big believer in theme as a storyteller. I literally usually have a thesis statement for the season, you know. Uh, you know, people be like, this dude is really nerding out on us, but they, but they just, they nod and smile and they let me do it. But it's what makes the, it's, it's what I truly believe that when we do it right, um, and you don't always get it right in every episode or every moment of television, just because of the way television is made, you know, so there are some episodes you love more than others at the end of the day. Um, but if we do the season right, those moments where people are always talking about, I'm crying watching Queen Sugar. That means that we calibrated what we wanted to do just right, you know, and just when you couldn't take it anymore, you know, here's a baby shower, you know, <laughs> thank, enjoy you, thank you for those moments. But, you know, I don't believe in black trauma storytelling, but what I will say, you know, is that the moments of joy that people love so much on the show only really resonate because we've taken you on a journey. And I believe one of the beautiful things about black people and why I love us is our ability to find, like we gonna have a party, right? If we, if yeah. we can. And I believe that's been one of the secrets to our survival. And so, you know, so, I was always, even at the beginning, when we first started the show, we're trying to find the show and whatever, because even though you have this beautiful pilot that's created, um, a pilot is not a TV show, or a first episode is not a TV show. That is the blueprint to a TV show. And then you have to keep building that thing. Um, and we were always looking for reasons for the family to come together. You know, you know so at one point, I was like, let's just take the easy way out. Every Sunday they have dinner, you know, we, you know, we're going to get all these characters into a room, yeah. you know, we never did that. Um, but people tend to really respond to whenever we can get all those characters organically into a room together, you know, something is going on. I mean, literally one of, so one of the beautiful things I'll just say in season two was that was when the family found out that Ernest had written this letter, leaving the land to Ralph Amy. We literally arced that out. That was we did 16 episodes that season. We literally arced like just this letter became a driver. When is the, he gonna say? When, when is the rest of the family gonna find out about this letter? And so we literally for the if you go back and look at that season, we built the first third of the arc of that just to get to Ralph Angel, Nova, Charlie, Vi. <laughs> Uh, everybody sitting at the table, and he's go. He left the land to me. That was a bomb. And then just, yeah, just, it, just, it just let it play out, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. You know, that's awesome. So, that, that was, was a great, great moment. moment for sure. Yeah. And I will say, when y'all land like one of those emotional moments that bring tears, like I still remember specific episodes yeah. that I was so caught up in my feelings, like 
I wasn't ugly crying or nothing like that, but I definitely had moments where, uh-huh. you know, a lot of them said a lot of them centered around Ralph Angel and his blue journey and stuff like that. But anyway, when y'all when y'all well, land them joints, whew. yeah. Well, one of the things you know, like we're TV show, we got to entertain. That's what we want to do. Obviously, we want to edify too. That's just you know that's what Abe was about. That's definitely what I'm about uh, and want to be about. Um, you know, I would say you know, in the first, you know, five, six seasons of the show that the love story of the show was really Ralph Angel and Blue. Actually. Sure. Hmm. Which you've never really seen before. <laughs> so, you know, we're nighttime drama. We have s- some soap. You know, we sort of like to describe the show as a protein bar wrapped <laughs> in a Snickers package, you know. <laughs> and, and on another show, oh, that's not your son. That could be a very soapy dun 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 kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. On his face. But it hit our audience so hard because I believe the reason that worked so well was because we all inherently understand as black people the notion of constructing family. You know, just like I say, I got eight or nine brothers and sisters, depending on how you yeah. count it. You know, some yeah. of them are technically my stepbrothers and sisters, blah, blah, blah. I'm blessed that I come from a family that I would never introduce my stepbrother to you as my stepbrother. Never. Ever. Amen. We, just we just weren't raised like that. You know? So. <laughs> okay. So the idea that you had this this son and this father who we thought for a season and a half was the biological son, you know, and then for him to find out and that you know that he's living and trying to do better, you know that's his reason for living. At that point in the series, you know that's his reason for living. And for him to then find out, no, that's not yours biologically, but him to be like, you know, okay, I don't appreciate that lie, Darla, but this is still my son. Well, we are people who literally could have our children ripped away from us, our ancestors and soul, and sent somewhere else. And we had to create community. And we had to create, so like all of that, I think gets underneath that to the point where people for two years after we did that story was like, I still <laughs> think that we're like, lady, we have told you in like five right. That is not no, it's just not, paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it becomes not a Sophie turn in that way, but it becomes uh, a powerful dramatic turn that sort of ultimately ends up reaffirming all the ways in which we construct our lives as people, as black people, and snatch joy out of pain. Yeah. And so we got a little bit of, of breaking news that we um, were okay yes. to share. And so we weren't sure yes. for a while, but we have uh-huh. officially, you know, been notified that season seven is a go. Yes. And we are very yeah. excited about that. And so just kind of like, yeah. you know, building off of the last question, I'm I'm curious, like, do you already have in mind, like, how it all ends and you know just you know how how do you see was that something that you had in mind how it all ended from the beginning you know and thinking about the evolution of all of these characters you know mm-hmm. I mean how much of it is you know going to be kind of like in development but how much of it do you kind of already have fleshed out well I have to toss it back over to our illustrious creator Ava DuVernay I'm sure she has a ending in mind what i will say is that 
it was very important to me. Um, you know, once I realized I was like, I'm going to stay with this show, you know, for as long as, as I can, the TV writers tend to move around a lot. I was like, no, I'm going to invest in this. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to study. I, I believe in what we're doing. One of the things that became important was um, it was a fa- it was a show about three siblings and their extended family, and that we needed to make the land an extended member of the family. Mm. And that's why I you, they finally let me do it because I had been wanting to snatch that oh, land away no. from them. <laughs> 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 I was like, come on, let me let me do it, let me do it. Finally, amen, I'm let me do it. Um, and the reason why I and and I think the timing of it actually ends up being right. The reason why is because that land became an extended member of the family, and just like I was talking about the history of how we as black people construct family, got underneath that Blue Ralph Angel story. I believe that the land is just a great for a TV show is this thing that you're fighting over and you want to keep. But again, what land means historically and in present day and ownership to black people, it's just good drama to threaten that. And then going to a, a beyond just the storytelling and the responsibility piece, this is a show about black sugarcane farmers. And it would be wrong of us to not tell the difficulties of that story in a show about black sugarcane farmers who um, have been um, set up, uh, assaulted, uh, had land stolen from them. Um, you know, the, I believe the numbers are, you know, we farmers in this country used to be 14% African-American. It's now less than 1%. Hmm. That has been intentional. Um, that has been a, a um, in some ways, subsidized theft of legacy. And, uh, and obviously of land and, and, and all of that. So I felt like the series could not, if it was going to run for years, could not possibly not at some point get into that story. That is very, very real. Um, you know, so that this is sort of as a ramp up to, you know, um, a seventh season, uh, last season, um, the idea that you got to fight to get that family member back in this case, the land. Okay. And then spend this season tying Ralph Angel's sort of pride and his um, sort of reason for being to that, I think was definitely the right thing to do, you know, as the show, you know, heads into his sunset years, you know, so. Yeah, I want to ask about. I know, I know, I asked you this last time also, but so our listeners can hear. But no, also I have some additional thoughts. So we talked <laughs> talk a little bit about the titles. I know, you know, the titles to these shows are always so, so, so deep. I think the title of the finale was, "And you could, you would be one of them." Or, yeah, yeah, you would be one of them because I'm yeah. not, one of them. <laughs> not the one. Um, <laughs> um, how do you guys come up with the titles? I've heard that there are poems. So it's a two-part question. How do you guys come up with the titles? And then in terms of process, how do you tie the title to the episode? Do you already know what the episode is going to be? Does the title come first or do you guys have the episodes already ready? And then you apply the titles to the episode. Like, how does that work? 
Yeah, we do it a little bit differently on Queen Sugar than most TV shows title their shows. And most TV shows title their shows, like, they're not even really thinking about the title. <laughs> you know, they just, they just need a title. Um, that's not the case here. We do write the episodes first and the stories first. And, you know, I have this big thesis statement about the about what the season's going to be about. And XYZ is going to happen. And ABC. But then... Um, Ava began this process where she loves to give homage to Black poets and Black poetry mm-hmm. um, to through our titles. And so each season is either a lot, it's like in the fourth season, if you go back and look at the titles of that and you take all the, the titles, that actually is one poem, actually. Um, I believe written by Robin Cost Lewis, I think, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, a poet laureate at one point of Los Angeles. Um, and, uh, so like, that's one poem. Um, I believe the season six titles add up to one poem. Wow. I believe in se- in other seasons, they were all poem titles from black Renaissance poets, okay. like St. Hughes and County Cullen, Norzeal Hurston and things like that. One of the little things, you know, when creative projects come into your life for a while, as this one has, um, I've been on other shows for multiple seasons. And when I was an actor, you know, I did a show stomp for five years, but I don't think I've ever done one project. So this is now six years for as long as I've done Queen Sugar. And so it's interesting how things about that, the energy of that sort of seep into um, your life. Uh, My daughter uh, is a poet now, like a very serious poet. A national award winning. Hey. Poet. Hey. <laughs> Shouts out. Shouts out. Uh, colleges. She's applying to colleges. She's a national award winning poet. Love to see it. Um, <laughs> you know, and you know, it's it's obviously as a writer, I'm like glad that she's a writer, but I'm not the poet she is. You know, she's like at all. You know, she read me something the other day. I'm like, first of all, like you okay? Like, <laughs> Do we need what? a check in? <laughs> you're 17 why are you thinking like this you know but but um I think it's just you know that's the energy that's sort of surrounded it. and I sort of poetry is very important to Queen Sugar and how I would break the episodes especially once I realized poetry was important to Ava so there are times where we break an episode on the board and I'm like okay all of okay the plot is happening okay got it great gonna be a great episode and I would literally sometimes say, where's, where's, where, where's the poetry in it, though? Like, where, where's the scene where, where, frankly, you couldn't get away with it on a lot of other TV shows or network, mm-hmm. where someone, like you take last week's episode, where Darla just goes around the room thanking everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to, a lot of networks would be like, uh, no, we don't, that's too much, <laughs> you know, da, da, da. but we know that it works for our storytelling. And that's a moment of a kind of poetry of, of, of someone, and we can take our time in the show and just and do things like that. You know, um, when um, I wrote uh, Ralph, uh, not Ralph Angel, um, Violet and Hollywood's um, Vows. Mm, those were good. Yeah, Thank we talked you. about it on the on the yeah, show how great were, those vows were. were. That was a topic of discussion for a whole week at least. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about about the writing of those vows, you know, is um, I I remember when I wrote, so when I wrote those vows, my mother was transitioning, and I was going back and forth 
from the room to Chicago, where I grew up a lot. And I, I got a message that um, something was needed for the show or blah, 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 blah. And I'm, just, I'm very, you know, thankful for, for having, you know, led a show where I could do something like this and it, and it has impact. Um, so really, I was writing those vows really partly to each other. I was also writing them as a, as a sort of homage to, to my mother as mm-hmm. well, who was actually very unlucky in love <laughs> in her life here, um, but was still surrounded by a lot of love. And I'm, and you know, so it was sort of a thank you to her. And so I've just been very grateful to be able to take the real emotion. I think that's what people feel in Queen Sugar is that the show created space for people like myself and others who work on the show to really sort of pour some very real emotions and human sort of stuff vis-a-vis the Bordelones into the show. And it comes out, and the audience doesn't know anything like that. They just know they slayed in the spirit, and they don't know why. <laughs> you know. And I think uh, we've just been very fortunate to, to you know, have a show that can sort of hold that type of emotion and, and isn't ashamed of it at all, you know, or doesn't pull back on it. A lot of TV shows do what I call defensive writing. And what I mean by that is they start being written in a way to, um, oh, we're not going to write that because we don't think that actor can pull that off. In the time that we have, which is always short, to shoot something. Like, if we had all day for the actor to get to that emotional yeah. space, then we could write that. So you, I've literally been on shows where, like, you write something, and they're like, eh, it's really good, but, like, we're going to have an hour to shoot that scene, and I don't trust that, you know, the director's going to get it or that the actor's going to get it in time. And that's not something that we've done on, on this show. Because the show's been cast so well, we've been blessed with actors who just show up and they bring their A-game, like, all freaking time. I got to shout out the entire cast. Like I love them so much and they just, they just pour their hearts into, and they have fleshed out these characters in ways that do then end up feeding, you know, the writing of it as well in a good way. Um, so um, yeah. So well uh anthony according to the agenda i'm supposed to ask the question right here but i'm not really following rules so i don't have a question but instead i got some great recommendations i just want to throw one okay now i'm thinking y'all should write in a love interest for charlie and that i should be that love interest i've been talking to let's get it hot let's get it (laughs) i love how much you stand for charlie you stand she going back to la she might could see me on the beach or something boom (laughs) (laughs) i'm just let's 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 write it in uh, <laughs> it'll be Mike and stepdad. I help him out. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be great. about to be his role? Is is his new new father yeah, figure? Yeah. A new father figure? Yes, he needs one. What are you gonna be like? What you tripping for? That's just your yeah. <laughs> Why <are> you tripping? <laughs> As you were saying last I week, mean... saying, he's just your best friend, bro. Relax. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> that is the conversation we had. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> So that, I'm just gonna leave you with that one recommendation. Um, I don't have a question, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure you know you'll take that into consideration. 
Okay. Can't you marry him? I mean, you know, but this is acting. It's acting. <laughs> like, it's a job. It's a tough job, but somebody got to do it. I can get away with that easy with the wife. She'll, she'll be fine. Hey, okay. Corey's been in a couple music videos and stuff, so, you know, he got a little experience back there. You can find him on YouTube. Like, what, what music video? Right, that's it's not whatever. important. All right. What's next? Well, since we moved into the less serious portion of the of the interview, uh, Anthony, I guess I want to ask you. So we kicked this around for a while. How much money did Ralph Angel get from Theo, <laughs> and how much did he tell Darla he made? Because he did so many they things went on with vacation. this money. I, <laughs> <laughs> they paid off the bills. And Darla was like, and Darla was like, oh yeah, you did a <laughs> double shift. That, that makes sense, right? I, One night a week, I, my I man came back flush. I'm not sure he was telling the truth. Oh, all the time. oh, he was so caught up in his feelings about wanting to have the perfect pregnancy, yeah. the perfect birth. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so funny. The doula, um, they got they they get, got you know, everything taken care doula. of. They went to the garden yes. district, right? <laughs> he did have a. He did seem to have a magic bag. Theo got bags. Yeah. Of dough, apparently waiting if your crime game is up to it. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know, Anthony, we really want to say thank you for joining us for for an interview, some insight into Queen Sugar, all the questions we have. Um, Corey getting an opportunity to do, I guess, some kind of audition for a spot on the show. Um, yeah, shoot your shot, bro. <laughs> right, it's every shot you don't Rob take. Angel said you miss, said. Yeah, you miss all the shots you don't take, right? You know right. what I'm saying? So you got to take those opportunities when you can. Uh, but we really do appreciate you you coming on and sharing us, sharing with us uh, thoughts about the show, uh, process, ideas, all that, and uh, just thank you. You know, you you. Queen Sugar is our favorite show for a reason. Bourbon and Borderlands exists because we enjoy Queen Sugar so much. So having somebody so intimately involved with the show and so essential to it, really, um, you know, it's a wonderful experience. So we really do appreciate you for that. Thank you for having me. I appreciate um, it. Thank you. And you're not going anywhere because you're going to join us for our Shots of Bourbon. So we can, yeah. we're going to do a twofer. We're going to give everybody our Shots of Bourbon for the episode and our Shots of Bourbon for the season so we can close out this season of Bourbon and Borderlands. So uh, stick around. Stay right there. We're going to have the rest of our show where we do our regular recap thing, and then Anthony will be back for some shots of bourbon here on Bourbon and Borderlands. All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Bourbon and Borderlands here on the Blacktastic Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Panama Jackson, and I am joined by Janae, Jabri, Shawnee, and Corey. How is everybody doing today? Great. So we are gathered here today <laughs> for what may be the final episode of Queen Sugar, or to as recap what's right the final episode. Um, we we all been waiting for that notice that the show has been renewed. Uh, I I was today years old when I discovered it has not been renewed for a seventh season. Mm. I was hole out here thinking that that it had been um, i'm not alarmed yet though you know sometimes they wait on, on different shows i know we usually hear early on this one but i'm not i'm not alarmed yet yeah i mean you know we'll, we'll find out when we find out but i hope well 
I hope we get another season. If we don't, they really tied up a lot of stuff in this in this episode. Like a lot of things were were the game was laid down quite flat in many ways in this <laughs> in this season finale episode. Mm-hmm. So if they if it doesn't come back, at least we have the our imagination to carry everybody off into the into the St. Joe's sunset. Um that's true. You know, it it was very I said to you all via text earlier that it had a very book type feel to it. Like I could like yeah. I, I felt like I was like reading the the closing act on a book of sorts. Um so, you know, let's go ahead and 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 and, and get into it. I don't know that this is going to be our last episode of Bourbon and Borderlands. So we're just going to focus on this episode. I mean, th- this the season finale episode. And more than likely, we'll have one kind of capstone episode to talk about the season as a one whole. Capstone. Uh, we all have thoughts, Come prayers, on. concerns, opinions, and all that good stuff. But we are going to jump right into this episode, which is titled, And You Would Be One of Them. Mm. And you would be one so of them. I'm not one. That is depth. depth. Corey, is that deep? Very deep. Very. It was very deep. Your response was very deep. Like you really went there with that one. Yes. (laughs) It's too deep for me. I'm a shallow guy. I do better with shallow stuff. I'm not playing. (laughs) Well, I guess it's about that time to hop into our good good and bad. The good, the bad, and that's it. The good and the bad, and, that, and the good, the bad, and that's it. Shanice, the floor is yours. Thank you. Actually, you know, I think this week I'm going to start with the bad because there wasn't oh, much. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. I'm start with the bad. There wasn't much bad. Actually, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm actually reaching with the bad. It's, a lot of these are, are, are reaches, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Okay. Anyway. Um, and just, just, you know, just for you all's context. When I'm writing my notes, I'm writing them like as I'm watching the show. Like I don't wait till the end and like kind of wrap it up. I'm I'm writing these as I'm watching it, so that kind of gives you some context into 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 you know how these notes are written. But I'm gonna start number one, Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What are you doing? Um, I think all through the episode, I was trying to figure out Hollywood. What is you doing? baby because in the beginning you know he said he was going somewhere i'm like where's hollywood like what what is did i miss something like what is happening he go going on a trip what you like gotta do hollywood what you got to do and she said it two, two times emphasized like okay what's hollywood going to go do and i'm i was you know perplexed like you know what what is about to happen here then you start to see hollywood like on the road he in the bar making up stories he you know he's showing photos like what is happening hollywood has a, a has a special set of skills and uh yeah he went he went fully liam neeson he went whole liam neeson like somebody got taken he's shaking down the uh he's shaking down the bartender you know like he got his whole backstory about how he look uh he looking for his brother and then he shows up with Theo. I don't want to skip ahead, but he shows up with Theo. Theo got some marks on his got face. Up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> my man went man on fire. Y'all seen that? Yes. Uh, man on fire with Denzel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I, the, so 
you're right, Jabri. It took the whole episode to see what Hollywood was actually up to. And we'll touch on that. But the whole time, I'm just like, sir, what are you doing? Like, I mean, apparently it was effective. He got the job done and, and the results. It wasn't, it, it wasn't super realistic, though. I don't know if I don't know if that could work like that in real life. Um, we in St. Joe. What you talking about? No, man. He's but like, he wasn't just in St. Joe. Like, the first well, place right. he, he goes had to, snacks, coffee, the pool hall he's trip, in. Honey. Like he just bucking up on people in strange places and bars who are criminal elementish. Right. Nobody strapped. Like is, I didn't see Hollywood grab the strap with him. It was it was. I guess Hollywood is an imposing figure. Yes, he done punched Jimmy is Dale he? out. He wasn't you know, that apparently imposing. he is. He ain't, he wasn't much bigger than Theo. Theo's a a, a criminal we know. <laughs> Theo didn't see a him season, coming. A seasoned so criminal. <laughs> I don't know what kind of you know. But even the first dude, he was like, "You better tell me where I can find some dope. I'm gonna bust this uh, cue stick over your head." I'm like, "Get out of here, man! Ain't nobody about to give you no info." <laughs> like, well, he got the info. He got what was know, needed. Y'all been talking about Dominic was the feds. Hollywood sounds like the feds. No, I I literally <laughs> that's who was I the was like, is there something we we needed to know about Hollywood and his past? Like, what is, what is he tapping fans. into right now? Because he put out a picture. Come on, he's definitely the fans. Yeah, I was like, where did we find a picture of Theo? Why does he have a picture of Theo? Like, where did where did that Maybe picture go? Maybe they clipped it out, out, out yeah. the paper or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he was giving off fed vibes. Oh man, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and give you that story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you. All right, you know that's all I had to say about that. But you know what? Also. The the elaborate the elaborate stories the big legged country gal in particular that just really oh, well, well <laughs> actually I really enjoyed that part <laughs> big legged country gal I I, I actually get you enjoyed that's that what for said. its pure ridiculousness that's what they say child <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I heard <laughs> I don't know they they made him too right, country man. at that moment it was uh, he was a little know. bit too country I I will I will I will grant that but I mean, is there a such thing as too country what do you mean yes. It's not two countries inauthentically country. Like my man, my man's country was 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 paint by the numbers. Oh, like the man, man. constitution. <laughs> he threw constitution in there, which is a very like black southerners like to use the term constitution. As a black southerner, I've been around those who people like to say constitution for some reason. So that was that was on there, but it was just the it was he had all the right notes. You mean to tell me men don't say big legged country guys? No, they don't. <laughs> I've never heard that saying no. before personally, I, but added to the lexicon. No. I never heard a phrase that way. I've heard lots of things that would allude to what would be said sure. big legged country guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> but nobody talks like that. <laughs> well, maybe I, I think I have actually. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like the term is thick no be, okay. i mean no That's i've definitely term. heard the term big legs like they, a big they, they a big, big pretty legs down there your grandma be saying big pretty legs oh man this is this is i've definitely heard the term big a, a big leg <laughs> gal girl gal big legs yes i've heard that before i'm not right. saying it doesn't get said i've never heard it that way i do agree with Jabri. there's lots of other terms that typically sure. get used to reference a. Uh, 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 a big legged country gal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know that this is the, the 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 form to share all of them. That's fair. But <clears throat> you know, but it but look, I enjoyed it again. I I rather enjoyed their back and forth banter. It seemed, you know, Hollywood was playing a role. He like did. this was fun for Hollywood. He got to do like role playing <laughs> and like invisible clothes cosplay. Like he was out here <laughs> pretending to be. 
a military man who had a problem with his brother Theo, who he carries his picture around. You know, I, I just want to know who came yep. up with the plan. Like, when was it decided yep. that Hollywood was gonna go first off, on a journey no. to find Theo? I don't even know how realistic this is. Like, you know, Louisiana isn't like you know some super. It's not like you know to find someone in the next <laughs> parish, which a parish is basically a county, right? So that would be like someone saying, "Oh, he live in you know Prince George County." Like, oh, cool, I'm finding it. You can't find <laughs> nobody in the whole goddamn county. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm gonna pull up to a spot and ask for Theo and, and teach <laughs> county, and, and they're gonna know right. where he is. The second place <laughs> he went to, they knew him. Right? Like, what? <laughs> How does that work? Not even Theo with a last just name. Theo. Theo, just Theo. <laughs> like just Theo. Yeah. He got his particular. He set got of his skills. special set of skills. That's all I can say. Here's my question: Did did he lose the pool game on purpose? Was he throwing shots? He did. I mean, and if but if he did, was that helpful? Like, did he have to give up the money? Because I feel like he could have intimidated dude for the information, if even if he had won the pool game. I think losing the pool game didn't really help him. He just. Lost money. Maybe it was to soften soften him up a little bit, you know, gain a little bit of familiarity. He didn't already gave a man some money. I mean, I guess he could have bribed him anyway if he just wanted to give away some money for info. But I guess maybe I don't know. It was to to lure him in to 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 bring his defenses down. I assume. I think Hollywood just got too much money and he don't <laughs> just, he don't value it properly. Hollywood wanted to play games. Hollywood <laughs> wanted to go role play. Yeah. And he this figured the sense. best way to get some info was I'ma go and pretend that I don't know how to play pool. I'ma lose money and then I'm basically gonna buck up on this dude. Man. Well, maybe, I need to take Hollywood maybe, TV away. First off, Hollywood maybe, he left the house with a kidnap kit. He had like zip ties and rope. Yeah, <laughs> like, batteries and everything. Like, why do you have a kidnap kit at home, bro? <laughs> what do you? Why do but you, you know what? Stuff? Ah, we didn't see the whole interaction. Maybe he determined that the people that he was playing pool against that he was losing to were the people that would know the criminal element because they've been talking the whole time. He lost enough yeah. games where they would got they got used to and they started giving him information and they mm. started talking about yeah, well, you know. They, I guess they start talking crime. I mean, talk. they clearly hustlers of some 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 fashion. So yes, I think he had to deduce that they were in the uh, the same criminal realm and would be familiar. Ill repute. Yes. 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 <laughs> that they were also social deviants and might be acquainted with one Theo. No Theo. From I do agree with you though. I mean, so if. Assuming that Hollywood went there knowing he was going to find men of ill repute and his goal was to intimidate to some degree, I kind of wonder if he shouldn't have just walked in and punched somebody in the face and been like, yo, Theo. And they would have all been like, yo, this is this that dude right here. Catch more. Well, I was going to say you catch more honey with flies, but he wasn't necessarily sweet at the end. But um yeah, I mean, I, it was it was a tactical move. It was it was tactical, you know. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it it just seemed expensive for no reason. He could he could have done the perhaps, same thing. I thought perhaps. Right. I'm just I'm just you know. <laughs> that was that was Agreed. good to me. Yeah. That was great. Um, so moving on. Now, Billy and and Prosper, did we miss? part of the backstory this, this is the one piece that i felt like was maybe a new storyline unless i missed something who is vince her, her husband. husband her her baby daddy okay, okay that's what married. i thought but like I, i'm not understanding what's going on like is it that 
I was confused. Was she saying that they are living in the same house and they are like working, maybe moving towards a divorce, or was she saying that? They well, she feel- said they never got married. She said, you know, maybe that's why we never, maybe that's why I never married them. Okay. So I think they just have kids, grown kids together. They've been okay. together for that whole time, and you know, because uh, Prosper has mentioned Vince several times. Mm-hmm. Like he brings him up. You know, he's always asking about him because he likes him. It seems like it seems like Prosper likes him. Okay. Um, and I well, guess it's the one thing he knows about Billy, so he brings <laughs> up the one thing that he knows. Well, that was my man. Well, well, you know, I thought it was was sad that you know Billy had. It seems like maybe professed her love or professed her intentions or wanting to move. You know their relationship forward and he apparently Vince was not rocking. <laughs> well, it so. sounded to me like they both realized they wanted more. Mm-hmm. And from each other? It was that's, a, that's how I was confused. From each other or just period? Like more that does not involve you? The more that you cannot give me? Uh, you know, well, I think it's, I think it's more from each other. I mean, I think, well, cause I mean, I think Billy's kind of come to realize that she has a lot of things that she needs to work through. And so she hasn't really been able to let her guard down. And then you have this man who apparently, you know, has been, you know, trying to treat her right. And, you know, you know, really be a meaningful part of her life beyond, I guess, like sharing these kids, but she isn't really able to let him in. And so they both want more from, from, I guess Billy isn't in a place to really give love or receive love in a, in a way that she should. And this man isn't really receiving love the way that he should either. So they're in a situation where it's like, maybe we should just not do this anymore. So, so I thought that the conversation that she was going to have with him was a conversation like, how do we move this forward? And it seemed like that wasn't met well from Vince. Did I miss I don't I guess maybe I was thinking that she was going to have a conversation with him about staying more full time or staying longer in St. Joe because I mean I guess she was originally supposed to be going back home but now of course Prosper wants her to stay and she's kind of you know starting to build things out in St. Joe so I thought maybe she was going to like you know figure that out with Vince and figure out where where it is that they are going you know are they together are they not what what is the way forward and I guess they, mm. I don't know if they necessarily saw a way forward together. Right. So, well, I felt sad for her because it seemed like she wa- wanted something to happen that didn't happen. Um, so, poor thing. But I, I, I don't know. I kind of felt like that was the one thing out of the whole episode that was kind of like not wrapped up in a, neatly in a bow. Um, it's over. Yeah. It's <laughs> over. It's wrapped so. up. It's I mean, a wrap. I think Vince, I think Vince feels like it's a wrap. home. Prosper said, it's good to be able to run home. You said Prosper said what? Prosper said, if you got to run somewhere, it's good to be able to run home. Well, So, Billy didn't move back to St. Joe. So, Billy's staying in St. Joe. That's what what that is. It seems so. Yep. Don't she got kids? She got to go pick her kids up. That's what I I was was saying. I don't know where the kids are. Are they fine? Are they self-sufficient? What's going on? I mean, but Billy learned parenting from Prosper. Wow. So, if Billy learned parenting from Prosper... Uh, I don't know when they're gonna see so each other. I thought again. she said her kids were grown. Yeah, she said something about the nest. Ah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, th- I think her kids her kids are already out of the house. Um, okay, well that's so good to know. I think that's what she means. Like her and Vince were just trying to make it work when they had to actually like each other <laughs> because yeah. the kids weren't there anymore. Yeah, that's and real low that stakes. Was difficult. <laughs> yes, just, just, like just. 
they just call it a career. You know, just like, you know, 18 years. Y'all did it. <laughs> I call it a career. High five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess this wrapped up in a bow then. Um, last thing. We've been asking about sis all season. And sis showed her Who, face. Parker? Parker, Campbell, Parker Campbell. Baby. Parker Campbell was back. That's not a good thing. for. Well, I mean... It's, I guess it's trying to be a good thing, but you know, we we never like to see Parker Campbell. She's trouble. We don't want to see her. Yeah, it didn't really it work out in her favor this here. time, no. Yeah. It didn't. It, it was bad so, for her. But it was bad yeah. for her. I'm sorry, it was go ahead. Great for the board loans. At this point, yeah. Mm, well, yeah. Well, I, I disagree with that. Oh, tell us more. Go ahead, Corey. I mean, I don't really feel like the Borderlands won that argument, even though they felt like they did. <laughs> they they wasn't really hitting on their points. Their points wasn't connecting like like they thought. And in the end, I don't even know. Like the deal they kind of made was like pretty selfish. I was gonna. Uh, I, I agree with that. With that <laughs> I agree with that. What do you mean? I really I, do too. They I thought like, buying the strip mall was too. good business. Well, we could get yeah, hours back. Like, so y'all done got all <laughs> these farmers the all co-op. hyped up like, about the co-op and all of a sudden because y'all about to get y'all farm back. The co-op ain't a thing. No, but the like farmers that weren't there, so the farmers don't know that this is the deal. Yeah. They all they know is that that Ralph Angel is gonna steer them to another parcel of land that might be. That's backstabbing. Like that's that's low down. That's the bad. Y'all done got them all hyped up about the strip mall and because now y'all about to get. The farm back, well, back. Ixnay on the strip mall. What? Right. Yeah, I don't know that that was a win for them. So, I said the same. I don't know. It's a win for them. What's a win for them? It's a win for, for them, them. for the borderline. Yes. Wait, it's still not a win for them because they can't use the farm. So now that they've gotten the uh, injunction in place, the farm is still going to be a museum. It's just going to be their museum, right? Well, like, I'm not sure if they agreed to. I'm not sure they agreed with Parker not to, to continue to pursue the strip mall though. Yes, she they said, did. That was she said layoff in order she, to, so that Ralph Angel doesn't so that if Ralph Angel agrees to drop the uh, strip mall thing, then they can have the land back. Right. right, but then but then so what Charlie said was we'll see what Ralph Angel has to say. But I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, we can assume that's what that means. But like, we, I mean, maybe I mean the two. Well, here's yeah, the question: Are they still gonna move in with Aunt Vi now that they now that they're not gonna lose the house? Because I, I imagine. It, Staying with Aunt Vi is probably better than staying out there. You know, probably be good to have a little love and tenderness around. If it's they their land. They can't use the farm anymore. So I mean, they could live like, there. They could live that? on the house. They could they live. live on the house, yeah. but they can't make no money off of it. So now it's a liability, not an asset. Um, nah, well, it's, it's bones out there. <laughs> it's not useless to the borderlands because it's, it's the borderlands family, family it's farm. You know what I'm saying? It's their family property, and they live legacy. on it, and they can go to Blue's Corner and visit Mama's, uh, Mama's flowers, and all so, that stuff that they can do that they Char- couldn't have done if they nah, moved. Nah. So first off, Charlie mentioned something uh, about state taxes uh, and upkeep on this new land that it would cost. So now it's going to cost them more money to. I mean, it's uh, this money they've been property that that did not generate income anymore. Well, I mean, to the extent that it wouldn't generate income, yes, that is an expense but i mean they've been paying taxes and stuff i mean that's not a new expense i mean but the point is i think it the border loans would much rather have it belong to them than to sell it off to the landries who are going to do who knows what yeah, with it it's personal yeah it's, it's personal uh, well, okay. <laughs> again i thought it was shady that they gave up on a co-op mission just to <laughs> pursue their own personal well, endeavor. i don't know that they gave up on the co-op mission entirely just not the, just strip mall. the way they sold the co-op to everybody yeah. else they're gonna have to make a. They're gonna have to do Pivot, something different. Sure. So it was selfish in that regard because they've been selling the whole co-op thing about going after this particular 
parcel of land. Right. And they're gonna. I'm have with to ship Corey horses. though. I'm with Corey though. The way they switched up on that deal when they said <laughs> we'll give you back your thing if you stop doing the whole co-op mm-hmm. thing. So it was like there was more people's uh, interests yeah. involved than just the borderline. No, no, family. they didn't say stop so, the co-op thing. It was don't go after this land by the airport. The strip mall. Okay, yeah. or but but it was being pursued by the co-op. The That's what I mean. So I, right. I I don't mean drop the co-op as a concept. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. the strip call mall. the co-op yeah. off of the strip mall. Right, but y'all right. been yeah. selling this strip mall. Yeah, that was agree. the selling point. Yeah. This good land, we can develop, we can do right. this, yada, yada, yada. And now right. are we, so we just not doing a strip mall anymore? We're just going to trade it back for our yeah. land. <laughs> right. <laughs> can I bring up We got our y'all? land back. <laughs> like, come on. I, I have a, I, I've been doing some math. Okay. All, all right. Boy. So all right. it's, well, you know, a brother has a calculator. Very good. Now, <laughs> one thing that Charlie brought up was that when she was sitting on the Landry's board, she realized how over leveraged they mm-hmm. were. Right. Mm-hmm. So, they could, she said, they couldn't afford to maintain the upkeep on their land, the board loan land mm-hmm. that they were going to trade back, take back, and go after the A bidding war with the, the yeah, go after the the strip mall uh, property, and the reason that all the farmers were excited about coming together, we put our money together, then we can outbid them on this on this particular piece of land, right? Now it's twenty one farmers in this thing, and that's forty thousand a piece. So it's eight hundred forty thousand dollars. The Landrys don't have more than eight hundred forty thousand dollars. I was very confused by that because I was counting the farmers, and then when they gave they lay, they gave me the layup when when Charlie said there's twenty one farmers who come together for this call. I was like, okay, so that's that's less than a million dollars. The Landrys don't have a million dollars to like fight. They don't Maybe have eight hundred forty thousand in one. You forgetting about the money that Ralph Angel made during his double shift. <laughs> Ralph Angel gonna put in his double shift money, and now and now we up over the limit. Now, I mean, maybe not. That's the not Landrys have a lot of different irons in the fire. Like, I mean, so maybe right. in in combination with all of the other things they have going on, maybe an extra meal is not something that they have readily available. That would make them broke as a business, as a pretty sizable business. There, that means they don't have any money. Like, you would imagine that buying a huge piece of land, like a strip mall or whatever, you know you're going to end up paying millions of dollars. For but this. maybe not. It's so the abandoned, fact that right? Eight hundred forty could put that a stop on that is amazing to me. I mean, I I guess I don't know what what the asking price is for an abandoned strip mall in St. Joe's is either. Like maybe it's not anywhere close to eight hundred forty thousand, and maybe that wasn't what the Landrys were prepared to spend on it. And now you have these farmers who are ready to you know blow a bag, and that wasn't really what the Landrys were prepared to do in that for that particular you know situation. Fair, but I guess in my head the Landrys are kind of like old white money, old white slave Louisiana money. So the fact that $840,000 or whatever the part like could actually stop them in their tracks on plans that they wanted to partake business wise was just really surprising to me. Yeah. Like I, I actually was just like that, that just really caught me off guard because I was like, man, maybe it was like maybe it's a couple million. Maybe it's like 50 farmers in this thing. We just don't know because they couldn't all make it to the meeting because some of them was out farming. You know, like maybe we just didn't know. So anyway, that's a thought. that just stuck out to me. I was really surprised by that. It just let me know that the Landry's ain't ain't got it as much as we think they got it. Basically, Maybe not. like that's yeah. that's the takeaway that I got from there. That's like the true. Landry's, yeah, you know they they St. Joe they they doing well in St. Joe's, but apparently you know Landry Enterprises is is a struggling business as as Charlie alluded to mm-hmm. that they're over leveraged. Before we move on, I want to talk about Parker for a minute. Let's do it. Let, let's, like 
Parker, like the way Parker came back and the way it was handled, I thought it was incredible. I wanna, I, I just, I just wanna give props to that. I know we don't like to talk about how it's a show that much, but the way the show handled reintroducing this character for like a very short period of time was so impactful. Like yeah. she came in flamethrowing. Um, you know, I know that Panama and Corey have heard me talk about this a, a hundred times about how uh, I feel like professional wrestling is a, a a great template for storytelling for simple straightforward good storytelling and that's what this was like she came in and you're like oh, wow parker so you're like but before you can be like wow i'm happy to see parker back she comes in she real nasty she real curt and short and she's so cocky so then she gets her heat back right away you're like oh yeah that's why i hate her i was excited for a second but now my hate is back she got that heat back and then <laughs> it made it so much more impactful when Charlie was able to turn the tables on her. Like she walks in the door. We haven't seen her in a, a season and a half, two seasons, just about. And we know who she is. She's reintroduced. We're happy to see her. And then we hate her again. And then we're happy to have defeated her all <laughs> in the span of a very short scene. Right. And yeah. I feel like I want to point that out, that that was very well done, very impactful, bringing back a character, remind me a little bit of pro wrestling. She got that heel heat right back. And uh, I thought that was that was pretty cool. So shout out to Parker Campbell for uh, throwing the heat in her one scene. Well, you know, Jabri, to your point, let's you know what, let's mosey on over to the good because one thing that I was going to note was Parker Campbell's face was good to me. Yeah, very big. Um, <laughs> it's very, it's very good. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Parker look so defeated before at all like ever i think you know charlie has gotten her with some zingers before but she's never like you know showed her hand like show she, she's kept her <laughs> poker face that poker face was not present on this episode Parker said she was, ain't got she, that type of time to be talking whatever y'all talking about like what what is what is happening <laughs> what are these <laughs> what's happening what's going on well you know charlie pulled out the certificate of slavery and <sighs> parker you know what to do with that okay <laughs> She yeah. didn't know what to what do with that. She really she didn't. She was floored. Like, this is useless. You said she was what? This makes my land useless. Her land. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, like Jabri said, I thoroughly enjoyed the scene. I thoroughly enjoyed Parker Campbell's face. Um, you know. <laughs> but circle <laughs> back to Theo, though, was the plan always to, like, <laughs> to, to have him present <laughs> for that? <laughs> I mean it just the the I mean it was they really they had that well thought out I guess uh, but I'm just wondering like was did it did the success of that hinge upon Hollywood being successful and finding that couldn't have been the plan that couldn't have been the plan he must no, have been like oh I found him and they just and they'd be like oh right, well come straight here come straight here <laughs> come here <laughs> imagine you're hollywood in the back and you have theo right and you think sam landry's coming but parker shows up and now your cues are all off right because you you gotta trot him out at a certain time so you're trying to figure out when exactly you're gonna trot theo out what was the word uncle hollywood's like who the hell is this it's like damn it he probably texted by by audible audible what's the the new line what's the line What's the new line? Oh man, yeah, no, I just—I mean, just imagine sitting back there, and that's—that's that's really what you got to go through. Like, wait, that ain't Sam Landry. Yeah, nobody ever thinks yeah. about that. Wait till they say Ralph Angel. Wait till they say Ralph Angel. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> oh man yeah no so they really that 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 all worked out very very well for um for theo for, for that plan okay theo definitely does not get the shot of bourbon <laughs> no. no he had a terrible <laughs> week no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man hollywood the and theo right on up yelling me parker campbell <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and she, okay. Oh, and she's all kind of criminal. She's like, we had a deal. Right, you just like, really? spill you all the put tea? all that info out there yeah, and just I'm in the streets. Nobody had a tape. Recorder. I thought they were going to be recording the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Hollywood had a tape recorder. That should have been a lot for sure. Yes, <laughs> that would have canceled all of that. <sighs> I'm on Instagram Live. We got yeah, you, Parker. Candy Camera. Everybody going to jail <laughs> to catch a to catch a predator. <laughs> oh man, this is good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So let me let me just you know reverse all the way back in my notes. Um, Nova and Dominic. So we never got our closure with Dominic. It, it appears that Dominic is not the feds. We don't know. Yes. For all we know. Uh, so stop it, y'all. Dominic, y'all Dominic, apology. Dominic might he might have quit the actual feds. FBI feds. <laughs> yeah, he went apology. straight to the state capital <laughs> and got a certificate just, of slavery. What are the in like Thirty minutes. <laughs> Met with the big, the big wig, wig. See, brought- and the big wig. He did. He called on the big wig. He met with a big wig at the state capitol. He did. He called, dude. He's just a professor. No shade to professors, yeah. but like he's a professor, and all of a sudden he's able to get an audience immediately yeah. with a big wig. I don't understand who can, the pool. Who can just like print Bro, out the he certificate. Could be connected. Wait, wait, wait. He don't don't just a professor, my man. Hold up, bro. <laughs> I mean. I'm he's arguing he's not just a professor. I, he's an FBI agent. I was going to say, Dominic get a lot of swift results. That's all I'm saying. And so... Hey, when, when you do well in your right. field, you know people in high places in your field. That's all the man that just does wrong. Or what big wig in particular? In, in his field, he might know the big wigs. Not, not necessarily... You mean in his the... field office? In his, in his right. field office yes. when he goes in? He tells the skinny guy with glasses, hey, I need I need this ASAP. Yes. You know, get me the certificate ASAP. Wait, the skinny guy his, with glasses types on his computer. And his, then... his job, this is something I've he does. Like his job is to find places and get them registered as, as a historical thing. So this is his job. So maybe he know. maybe it, throughout his work career, he's made some connections. That's not hard to believe, dude. I don't know. I'm reserving apologies for Dominic, but this is what you do. But he lives to fight another day. He lives to fight another day. That's all. I'm just saying. As far as we know right now, we don't have any concrete evidence that Dominic is the fan. But but Hollywood, not the fan. Okay. Listen, at this point, I don't know. We know Hollywood. We know Hollywood ain't got no job. Nah, Hollywood. I saw a new Hollywood this episode. I don't know if I know Hollywood as well as I thought I did before. I would have. I, I, that is the one scene I wish we would have gotten where they discussed what Hollywood was about to go and do. Where I don't know if that was just between him and Vi. Was that a family discussion? Like, and you know, how did was they that know right he would the, be successful? Yeah. I just feel like there's some more that we need to know about Hollywood's past that would make him feel confident that he could go on a pilgrimage like that and come back with Theo and Toe, ready to just be submissive and admit to all the tea. You didn't see. I think his confidence comes directly from Taken and Taken Two. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's watched them both many times, and he has a special (laughs) set of skills. Exactly. Right. He watched. He was like, "I think I could do this." Yeah. I think I could do this. Like, go ahead, Hollywood. No, seriously, I really think I could do this. I mean, I just need the opportunity. Woo. Yeah. Okay. So you know, Dominic and Nova are a thing. You know, like they did. They did a little kiss, kiss, kiss. 
and we'll see what happens hopefully um isaiah and micah are back on good terms and they finally had a much needed conversation very necessary and it, i think it is just like we said like i we micah was maybe doing too much wait how did oh, this get in a good section we don't do that i thought you were gonna say like we said they're gonna get to the bottom of it because they kept saying get to the bottom of it and it definitely made me think of last week <laughs> they got to the bottom of it because Pause. Corey was like, um, <laughs> big pause. How did this get in the good section? Is the question. So, okay, can I make a reference to last episode too? Mm. I was, I'm with Corey on this conversation from that because basically, is like Micah is really struggling with the fact that he has a really, really good friend and he doesn't know what that means. Yeah, like, like he said very clearly, I'm not like, I don't want to have sex with you, but I have real feelings for you. Now, I've never had that conversation with any of my friends, but I care about them in a real way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want the best for y'all. I, I tell my boys I love them. I, you know, all the, it, 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 it doesn't generate any kind of odd feelings yeah, for me. Yeah. And we've been doing that for a long time. You know, I remember we've been doing that since, since college. I don't know if it just something changed. I don't know exactly what, but I kept thinking, I was like, you really seem to be struggling with the fact that you care this much for another person who happens to be your homie. Like, you'll yeah. struggle because it's not a fit. Like, you're not battling. It doesn't seem like anyone. Like, you're battling some type of, like, sexual desire type thing. You genuinely are just like, I really care about you. I think it was I the emotional connection. With you, with you. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is, like, you you have that with your really good friends, right? Like, right. you know, the things, that, the things that Isaiah was saying, like, you know, women can hold mm-hmm. each other's hand. And all that other stuff like that. That's true. Guys don't typically do it that way, but it doesn't make those connections any less substantial. Right. Like I, I have friendships, male friendships with people who I know, like I love my boys who would, who would, who would go to bat for me under any circumstances, who, who genuinely care about my well being and want me to be happy. And I want them to be happy. Like it felt like, Micah's struggle is he doesn't know how to have real friends. Yeah. Like male friends. But say you do like, have an inclination, as two guys, say you do have an inclination to just want to be close to somebody, to just want to, to share space with somebody. You, you feel this intense emotional connection to someone that's not, you see, guardians. <laughs> But again, I say Corey is literally squirming in his seat. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. And you're right. That does not necessarily translate. I mean, and clearly in Micah's why it's case. it got to be intense, though? Why, because why I, think that's, be because I think that's what it is. That's what it was for Micah. Like, he's, he, he, he feels this really, you know, really intense connection to Isaiah, but it's not a sexual one. And I think that's what he had to kind of try to like parse out is like yes like I, I really care about you I love you as a person I think you're great I think you're fantastic I'm drawn to you your brain is amazing like I love all of these amazing things about you and yet that's not a sexual thing and I think maybe that confused Micah because episode, he feels that he way. He was like am I fluid am I gay am I yeah you know, like... I think what I, yeah I think what Micah he's been let down by society he's been taught that He's he's equating those feelings right. with gayness exactly. or fluidity or whatever. So right. he 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 thinks or he's been taught that or the way he's internalized it is that if I feel this way, if I feel this closeness, that that's gay. But mm-hmm. so like I don't know, you know, I I can't relate to that. Cause I, n- I never felt that way. I never been confused in that particular <laughs> manner. Um, you know, um, 
his his you know his questioning of himself it's it comes down to you know is he sexually attracted to men that's pretty much that's that's the bottom line and he said he was very sure that the answer was no but and he showed the answer is no so but why so is he, he basically just because friend zoned he, isaiah yeah he's a friend he friend zoned right. Isaiah. Like, I yeah. want to hang with you. I want to roll with you. I want to be with you. I want to go, go hang out with you. Yeah, he just, he just friend zone. He's a friend. Here's yeah. the thing I thought was most important. I a thought bestie, it was most perhaps. important for when when Micah said, you know, I don't want to have sex with you. Isaiah, Isaiah was I mean, like, I, I, that was not on my radar in the first place. <laughs> Sugarfoot. Look, <laughs> this, this has to go in the bad section because this conversation is unnecessary. Corey, no. You don't, I, I, I don't never had this conversation. Either. I got close friends. I never had this conversation with them. Like, this is unnecessary. That, well, that is great. That's great for you that you didn't, that you've never had that experience. But what I, what I was getting at was that I think a lot of straight people in general, they mm-hmm. assume that because someone else is gay that they must be attracted. And Isaiah was like, baby boy, I was never looking at you in that way anyway. And I I, I think that's important. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I, I don't think that's true. Why not? That's, that's not? that's not for any of us to say. Isaiah said what he said. And I think it's important to call that out because I think that people think that the, exactly. that the you, onus is on the straight person to set the boundary when it's like, I didn't want you in the first place, first of all. Yeah. But do you yeah. think that because I'm gay and that you're a male that I'm attracted yeah. to you? Like, calm your, calm your nerves because I didn't, that's an, maybe I that's didn't know that. Yeah, that's an important thing to point out. That's absolutely true. That That's that's true. Like, just because somebody's gay doesn't mean that they want all, all men or whatever. But I don't think that Isaiah specifically was telling the truth in this instance, but that doesn't matter. Your point so we stands. We got to go by what Isaiah, Isaiah said. That Absolutely. He to Micah, and so sure. we got to we got to take what Isaiah said. And he lying. <laughs> but we got to take what he said, though. But we got to take what he said, though. I think I just think that's important yeah. though to note that because you're dealing with somebody or you know have a relationship with somebody that's homosexual or you're. No, you know somebody that is a homosexual, not a homosexual. Why am I that's saying that? Like <laughs> you know someone that's gay. Um, that they are automatically attracted to you, and it's like calm your nerves. Like you not, you not even. But but he did need to set a boundary though. If he feels why, like why? you might, because why you do might... you like me to set a boundary with me? I'm not, I'm not looking at you. That's that's like I don't if... know that though. Okay, but <laughs> right. sometimes you gotta set that boundary. Anyway, the girl that you was not even looking exactly. at like that. You must say, Corey, I wasn't, I don't want to speak with you. You'd be like, girl, I wasn't okay. And yeah, if, if, if we was hanging out no. every day and we was don't taking pictures on each other, uh, um, shoulder and stuff, then we might have to set that boundary and let her know, hey, just so you know, we just gonna be friends and this ain't really going nowhere. Absolutely, at some point, you do have to have that conversation. Yeah, that communication is never gonna be the wrong answer. I understand how it was kind of icky and kind of uncomfortable, but that communication never going to be the wrong answer because th- that's how you clear up confusion. You don't end up in, the, uh, you know, on a well, quiet was, evening or whatever and somebody get the wrong idea. Who was confused here? It was Micah that was confused. Isaiah was never confused. We don't know that. Though. As far as we, we know. It wasn't wrong of Micah to communicate as clearly as possible and not leave it ambiguous. Any well, yeah, I mean, well, that was the point, point of the conversation at, the, at the, this particular right. conversation. That was the whole point. Like, you know, let's figure out what is happening here. And, and what is happening here is I am not sexually attracted to you. I don't want this relationship to take that turn. And so now now we get it. Now I know. Now, you know, we clear. But I mean, oh. in general, and <laughs> generally speaking, like, you know, I don't necessarily know that the assumption should be that just because somebody likes dudes, like you would automatically assume that somehow he attracted to you too. Like that's not, 
an, an assumption I, to make. I, I, didn't, yeah, I don't I know that anyone. I didn't get I mean, that assumption though. He just wanted to be clear well, yeah, that, no, that from his sure. perspective, he wasn't going. No, there. I agree. I, I like I said for that conversation, it, it made sense. I understand why they why they had that conversation, but I do think it was also <laughs> important for Isaiah to point out from his perspective that just so you know, yeah. also that that wasn't even where I was at with it in the first place. So yeah, Agreed. there's so Agreed. there's that. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, the the one thing I will say, I do think it's you've never, I've never seen on TV or in pop culture really mm-hmm. anybody examining yeah. what friendship looks like to them and what in these kind of like I've never seen anybody discuss it because typically, again, I, maybe because of all like I know how much I care about my boys and like the friendships that we have and it's just, like it's genuine, it's real. Like, you know, I got the kind of friends I can put things past. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't, I literally trust these people in my life. So I love and I care about them. And so, like, I guess I've, I've never tried to explore that because it's never triggered anything in me to have to explore with any of my friends, gay or like gay, straight or whatever. Like, I've never genuinely had to, like, examine what that meant because of anybody's orientation. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's never mm-hmm. presented itself that way. So it was interesting to see. Yeah. Because it seemed like he spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was going on, like what what that friendship meant. And I don't know if maybe that happens more frequently now. People are spending a lot more time trying to ascertain what their friendships mean to them. Or if we just don't examine those things, we just never examine these things. Like, would we ever have a need to do so? Because, again, from, from where I'm sitting, it's just they're just friends, really good friends. Like, the kind of friends that share now, I mean, maybe I don't guess that the kind that are going to be holding hands in public, but, you know, like... It, they might it do just, it to make a point at this point. But <laughs> I feel like they held not, hands Or not, now that they've had the conversation, conversation, right? Like, like maybe because they've had this conversation, they can be more comfortable as a unit. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they're not worried about what other people's concerns are now because they understand where they stand, right? Like, it's just, you know... Um, I know it's interesting. I just, I've, you've never seen that kind of, mm-hmm. or I haven't anyway. Let me not say you've never, I've never seen that kind of discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was interesting because to me, it was just homies. Yeah. Good homies. It was very positive and interesting. Yeah. And there was some, some funny things to make fun of a little bit. But I mean, overall, it was a positive thing. And, you know, I was yeah, just teasing. I mean, and I think that, you know, it, it's great. <laughs> I like that they, that they were very, uh, that they were very straightforward. Both of them were direct with, with how they talked to each other. And I thought that was important. <laughs> I don't know because even like when Isaiah was talking to him he was like I think it's some things you need to look at and analyze with yourself I was like damn right? but that wasn't wrong <laughs> that wasn't untrue I, I think it, it was, was very true I mean Michael was struggling with something like that that part is true like Michael was trying to figure out something and maybe he ended up where he started right it's just with a better understanding of what that means for him but he oh. definitely had like Michael was trying to figure things out Isaiah wasn't. Michael was trying to figure things out. And he did need to do that work to figure out what it was that was giving him so much struggle, which is what happened. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, hold up. Okay. Oh, quick, quick thought on this. I just remembered this. Okay. Hold up. Before we move on. Now, with the fact that I think it was last episode, Isaiah was like, I never even came out and said I was gay. So is does this now make this a weird conversation for Micah to have? Now has Micah jumped to the assumption that this man is gay when Isaiah never um, gave him confirmation on that? 
does that make this conversation even more weird? Did we did we not get confirmation? I mean, he, no. no, he said he said he never said what he was. That's, that's right. Yeah, right. Like, I've never said, I've never said what I was like. But it's, I, it's, I it's in that conversation think, where he said, "You're not my superhero." Like you're that mm-hmm. that conversation. Like you I know. think in yeah. saying that though, like I think when he said, "I mm-hmm. never said I was gay," I don't. He wasn't saying that he wasn't. Yeah, gay. But I think that I guess that kind of gets to the point though. Like it's that this kind of speaks directly to what y'all are talking about. Like his orientation is unimportant here right. because Mike yeah. is the one who's having the the struggle with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Right. Right. Like yep. Isaiah is living his life. Micah is struggling with what what being a friend to Isaiah means for mm-hmm. him. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Micah's having the Mike. Micah's the one going through all the motions. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess Corey, to your point, kind of yeah. <laughs> like, I mean. Slightly, yes. Yeah, um, I just thought that was interesting since, like, last week he was like, I never even said I was gay. Then this week you're like, hey, just so you know, I don't like you like that, bro. <laughs> like, he just told you last week. Well, he didn't he, tell yeah, you he ex- But that's the point. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. we're operating. It's a lot of uh, assumptions that we're operating from at this point. And so, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I guess if, what does Micah think would have happened if he would have said, I'm attracted to you? Does he, was the expectation that Isaiah would be like, okay, bet we go together? Like. <laughs> I mean, hold to be fair. Listen, hold on. See, now you're getting into the into the relationship things. Those things are all situational, right? That's the the Nelly. I'm I'm just unless joking. Unless you're going to do it, kind of thing, right? So you never know. You never know what turn conversations take. That's why you let people speak first, right? And then you make your decisions based on what people say. Like that's that's relationship one on one. Like you don't want to be the first one to talk. You want to be the one to respond. And I mean, and Isaiah fully gave Micah the floor. Like, listen, this is your conversation, what you got to say, and we'll just do with that information, you know, what we will. So, I mean, and I think Isaiah tends to do that with Micah, just kind of give him the floor and let him, you know, get it out. And Isaiah responds accordingly. So there's that. Interesting, interesting. Anything else, Corey? No, nah, that's it. I just thought that was <laughs> an interesting bit, you know, that Micah just jumped to that assumption, even yeah. though the man clearly tried to say he really he well, he didn't say anything, but you know. Yeah, and I mean, and that and that was basically our point. Mm-hmm. So glad you arrived at the meeting with the rest of us. Moving <laughs> <laughs> on to Davis and uh, Charlie. So you know, Davis is outside. Um, they plan to meet to me and Eric Benet now. I, I just want wait. To how is this in a good section? Where, where are you, Corey? <laughs> Bro, at this point, at this point, Davis has to be considered a stalker. This is like the third time he showed up unannounced. Like I don't know where they do this at. They are but in a relationship. Is, that is his boo. What are are you they? About? Yeah, they're in a relationship. I don't think Listen, they are. Until she calls the she cops on him, please. he is not okay. a stalker. Bro, if you keep showing up unannounced at the house, <laughs> this is stalker vibes. It's context. Charlie was being right. So all right. If Charlie would have been creeped out, then it would have been stalking. See the difference? Right. If she was like, when did you get here and how did you get past me? Yeah. If she would have said it like that, then it'd be a little it'd be a little weird. Or I told your ass stop pulling up at my house. And you keep showing up at my house, then we have a my problem. Boy showed up under, he showed up unannounced every week. You know it's, it's called a surprise. It's called yeah. a surprise. It's called a stalker. It's called a you might be crazy. Okay. <laughs> you know what? So anyway, they were playing the good Davis. That was my first my first, my first uh dance at my wedding. Aww. That's the place in my heart. Oh. Um 
but you know david's not giving up and it seems like charlie said something though that made me wonder like what that really meant she said that she was tired right and she said that she was tired of always you know basically she was tired of having to hold everything yeah. and be all in everybody's business and, and fix everything so i'm like what does that mean like what does that does that mean that i mean what well does that mean that davis wore her down <laughs> He wore, wore yeah. down with all these gestures. He, he he showed up. He got the picnic. He playing Eric Bennett. It's probably her favorite song. You know, the picnic with Eric Bennett. I hate That's the move. You cannot. It, she could. Well, she could not resist. I mean, does that mean that she's no longer going to be like the 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 fixer of the family? Like, is that what she's tired of? Like, is she tired of just like I, what? You mean, I mean, I, like you can't. Be that's definitely one of those open-ended things as to how that exactly is going to manifest. But the way that I read it in that moment was like she is. She's tired of being the superwoman. She's tired of being the fixer. She's tired of having to, you know, call people to handle this and you know thwart people's diabolical about- plans and all types of other stuff. Like you just kind of want to be for us for a minute. And I think part of the reason part of the reason not the whole reason but part of the reason why she probably didn't want to marry davis initially probably had a lot to do with you know her political aspirations and you know what that looks like to these people and you know and so i think it just kind of got to a point of like you know what forget all of that it's not about nobody else this is about me i love you you make me happy i'm ready to you know be with you mm. and be with you back in, in in california like i'm ready to do what i what i have to do to make this work because this is where i want to be and this is what makes me this happy. is an interesting turn from you guys' previous comments on this topic just last week what did we say when, last week uh when i said she should have said yeah to davis and y'all was like no it's too soon it's too early she doing right now now y'all want her to say yeah I- saying what i want her to say i'm saying i'm i'm thinking that's the way that she felt like you're asking what when she said she was tired i think that's what she meant i do think that's what she last week y'all said it was too soon i still think it might be too soon but that ain't my business (laughs) that's charlie's business and she want to marry him so i'm not saying i'm not you know prescripting whether or not i feel like that's right or wrong but i think that's the way that she feels and you know yeah true story she fixed everything, right? Ralph Angel's not not in prison where he might belong. Okay. You know, like, they got the land back. They got a co-op going. Like, Ralph Angel and his family's probably good. Micah's off being good in college. You know, like, like Nova. Nova got her, a, you know, a fed. A, she got her a new cop. Um you know, and if you remember, like this show started with Charlie basically coming to St. Joe's, and now she's mm. going back to Cali. Going, going. Right, she's going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, there's a bit of closure there, right? Like she's going back to the life, the the life that she left. She's going back to now, after all this time, after everything that's happened. Um, nah, I see. I think this just promotes. Um, <laughs> bad you know stuff for black women you know look first time a man asks you to marry him if you want to marry him say yes do not think he gonna keep showing up to your house every week with picnics uh until you say yes this is that is not Bro, real she's life. doing it on her terms like it's 100 percent on her own terms that's the that's the best you can ask for like you literally get what you want on your own terms the way you want it 
Like that's that's as good as it gets. And she wasn't waiting for him. Let's be clear. She could have proposed to him then, if that's how we're doing it now. I mean, she told him, "Man, I'm gonna marry you." She kind of did. She ain't say, "Ask me again." She She was like, "Listen, I'm like, I want to invite you to something, and yes, I will marry you now." Like you know, she he wasn't even asking again. He was just like, "All right, I'm a patient man. I'm I'm someone chill." Davis, (laughs) Davis was waiting on her. He should have passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't say that he was really exhibiting his patience. He is showing yeah. up. You know, he's ma- he's making all these grand gestures talking about how patient he is. He seemed like he was rushing to the end. He was skipping steps. I mean, I don't know Good if question, that, though. just because she, oh Lord, okay. Just because she didn't want to marry him, they didn't break up. So, I mean, it doesn't mean that he got to completely disengage from the situation. Like, I think it was still clear that they wanted to be with each other it was just that taking that next step to, you know, solidifying it um, and signing on the dotted line again, that may have been, you know, a bridge too far. But I mean, for him to still act like a, a loving boyfriend or whatever you want to call it, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, you say like grand gestures, like they millionaires, yeah. like what's Is a grand, grand gesture to a millionaire? You know what I'm saying? Like those are grand gestures to people like myself. <laughs> you know people. what I'm saying? Like when, when that when when that picnic might run you because you know you really got other places you need to be to you know like the money you know when you millionaire and you got long layovers like you know what let me go I got a couple thousand dollars let me go ahead and make this happen let me call somebody to go set me up right quick and I'll just show up yeah you know I feel like the grand gesture game is different depending on your uh, tax bracket economic yeah. status true true. And, you know, uh, to wrap this up neatly in a bow, um, so it seems like Ralph Angel and Darla did end up getting the doula that was very expensive. Um, Well, she didn't get there. Um, And Baby (laughs) Medusa. I bet they paid her in advance. (laughs) Waste of money. (laughs) Well, anyway, Baby Magenta is on the way. (laughs) Yes, Magenta. Well, Gertrude, magenta Gertrude, Gertrude magenta. Ugh, hate it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm happy for them. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. And Ralph Angel she, robbed people to pay her, and she didn't come. She's, she's on the way. <laughs> she is she's on the way. way. We don't know if she made it. Now, what, now, what was Billy and Prosper? I was though? curious. I was like, now nah, they were the well, maybe Prosper they were closest. Blue. I was like, but I, 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 I guess I kind of wonder how far uh, like Prosper lives from from Ernest from from the farm. Yeah, like oh. maybe he's the closest person. Probably like obviously far. Charlie don't live that close. Nova don't. I live thought that maybe close it might have like, been Aunt Vi, but Aunt Vi, yeah, you know. But you know Hollywood is out here. Well, no, he's finished. Hollywood is finished. Um, being Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson. <laughs> I mean, Billy <laughs> has a couple a kids. With the Prosper Rock has kids. Like they a, might know uh, something about delivering some, kids. He was walking around with like a plank or something like that, beating people up. I can't remember what that. Oh, was. CIA. walking tall, <laughs> walking <laughs> tall. Yeah, I, yeah. That's what I felt like it was. <laughs> I'm continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for Darla, and and it's. The the imagery of like of like panning out of the four rocking chairs, yeah. like you know that was that was that's a nice that was a nice touch. You know what I'm saying? So if I can see this being the end again, Charlie's ready to move back to Cali. You got Ralph Angel and his family's expanding. They're growing. You know, like Nova is happy now. She's got her she got her boo. 
Mike is in college, living his life. I'm assuming Blue is going back to D.C. at some point. Um, you know, Billy's back home with Prosper. You know, there's a lot of relationships that are in a really good space. You know what's at not right up point. though? Where David's other baby at? We ain't heard from her. I mean, did she get referenced? Didn't didn't uh, didn't Charlie say something about you know how he was raising her and being in her life or something? Uh, when at some point she was defending him, and, and you know she just brought up that Davis was doing better with other stuff in his life. And well, I, must have I think. That. Yeah, yeah, she did. I think it was on the interview with Gail, right? Yeah. When she was, okay, I think okay. it was, you know. Okay. I mean, well, yeah, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy for everyone. Well, yeah, that wraps us up for the good, the bad, and that's it for this season of uh, our good show, Queen Sugar. Queen Sugar. Yeah, so I guess we're gonna be right back with uh, our our ad. Well, do we do addictions? Huh, this presents an interesting. This presents an interesting opportunity with some advictions for Ooh, for we can say whatever we want. La Futura. Okay. So we'll be back with our advictions and our shot of bourbon uh here on Bourbon and Borderlands. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We are back with our final eviction segment of the season that is our advice and our predictions for the folks in saint joe um given that this was the season finale we're just giving some evictions for the for the general future and so um i guess i do have i'll start with my with my eviction i guess my advice is for the for the for the borderline family broadly um, y'all need to really consider how y'all gonna spend this uh this plan to to get y'all farm back with the farmers that y'all just you know got all excited about the co-op because I don't <laughs> know if they're gonna be as enthusiastic about not going after the strip mall um as y'all are. I know it works out in your favor, but that may not necessarily be in in their best interest. So y'all should probably figure out a game plan there. My prediction is that I'm 10 toes down, been 10 toes down. I still think Dominic is an op. And I think that we will soon find out next season, um, whether it's next season, whether it's just in the future, Dominic is going to turn, he's going to flip the script, and we're going to find out that he was low down the whole time. <laughs> I, I truly believe that. But, you know, I guess, you know, fingers crossed that we'll see. So that is my eviction. Uh, who wants to go next? Go, go ahead, Jabri. So, my advice is no advice. J- just live, just live, borderlands. What's done is done. Don't let the past dictate your future. Nova, you don't have to be trash. <laughs> Ralph Angel, you don't have to be so dumb. <laughs> Vi, you don't have to be so vi. <laughs> and Darla, you don't have to be so positive all the time. Micah Blue, be happy. That's my advice. Borderlands, stay in the pocket, be happy. My prediction: maybe Dominic quit the feds. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I I do have to admit he's probably not the feds at this point, but maybe he just changed his mind. Maybe he started off the feds and is not. Um, but really, that my prediction is that the Borderlands have made a lifelong enemy of Parker. And she will be back with the vendor. She's not going to take this line down. It got too personal. Um, and she seems like a person who 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 doubles down when it's personal. So I think she's going to be back. 
You know, Jabri, I'm open to the possibility that Dominic might have turned. Like he might have started off, uh, started off evil, but then got converted. So I'm, I'm, I'm open to that. But he ain't been right from the beginning. I, I fully believe that. <laughs> okay. Who would like to go next? Go ahead, Corey. Go. Uh, my advice. I think it's similar to the advice I gave last time, and it's it's for the. It, I'm, I'm even more sure of it now. It's for the people of the co-op. Uh, you know, I said R- Ralph Angel is not gonna be the CEO to lead y'all in the direction that y'all need to go, <laughs> and I can see it right now. The whole borderline clan is gonna lead y'all astray. Like <laughs> y'all best interests are not being had. So find a new leader for that co-op, or it won't last long, man. That's uh, that's my advice like, for the other twenty members of the co-op. Um, my prediction is, uh, you know, I, I think in the future we'll see. Uh, the Dominic really, really was a good guy. I, th- I think him and Nova gonna be a good fit. And I think she's gonna be then. Uh, you know, finally found a guy for her. I think I think Dominic's a good guy. Dominic's the one. I, he's the one, right? Hey, he, my boys. He he. You know what I'm saying? He's jumping through hoops, man. He getting stuff done immediately. Driving down to Baton Rouge, handling business. I, I like Dominic, man. He's the one. <sighs> TBD. Okay. Yeah. Panama. I'll go. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. So, uh, my advice <laughs> is going to be for um, Ralph Angel and Darla. Look, y'all done came a long way. Mm-hmm. Ralph Angel, you got to stop crime. <laughs> Very important. No more crime. No more crime. My advice is no more crime. And, and, and Darla, you got to stop being so understanding of your of, of of Ralph Angel and some of the bad decisions he makes. I hope that he makes good decisions going forward. He's really given us no reason to believe that that's going to be what he does. Yeah. But my advice is for both Ralph Angel to to fly straight and and be a good parent and be there for your child's life the, the whole one. time. Yeah. And Darla, hold his feet to the fire if he starts going astray. You don't. If he tells you he got to go to work late at night, you ain't got to believe him no more. <laughs> My prediction, on the other hand, is that Hollywood is gonna get a spinoff <laughs> called Took. Tookin. When he goes around, <laughs> goes around Louisiana, <laughs> finding people using his special skill set. Like he's gonna be a mix of MacGyver and Liam Neeson, the equalizer. <laughs> yes. He's gonna be the evener. Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, like not quite the equalizer, but you know, the he, he needs like a partner though, like a thick-legged country guy, a, a big leg. Partner. He does. Big leg. He, the bartender guy. will end up being his like info guy. <laughs> y'all, y'all seen the movie Deadpool? Yes. Yes. So you remember in the movie Deadpool, the bartender dude was who you would have to go make your like he was like the info guy. Like the bartender will be okay. um Hollywood Neeson's <laughs> info dude. <laughs> so when he's go when there's a job, he goes and gets it from that guy and and big legged country gal is always the secret term <laughs> to know that there's a job on the table. Yeah. That is my prediction. Took coming soon to own. Uh, Omar like... Dorsey as Hollywood Neeson. Uh, Louisiana will never be the so same. So take in the Equalizer, <laughs> Undercover Brother, all of them. <laughs> Tuck. Tuck. Okay. <laughs> I like it. All right. Yeah. Well, Shawnice, that leaves you, dear. 
so my advice was going to be along the same lines of what you guys said about Ralph Angel, but I just, I, I want the entire Bordelon family to stop enabling Ralph Angel. He's not a baby. Mm. He's not a baby. He he's a this is a grown man. Okay, the next thing he do, he gotta go to jail. The next thing he do, he is on his own. This this is this is strike three. This is it. He didn't he didn't robbed us. He didn't <laughs> stole off us. We already been in jail. He didn't had our stuff up in Aunt Vi's uh, shed, and now this. That's it. You're done. You're done. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, Unfortunately, the statistics say Ralph Angel's headed back to jail. <laughs> Y'all are terrible. Now, family is for life. You never give up on your family. Okay. Y'all were raised N- terribly. You, no, you never give up on yourself. You never give up on your family. But continue. All right. What? <laughs> well, what I was going to say, my prediction is that I predict that Ralph Angel and Darla will still um, take up Aunt Vi's offer just for the extra support. And I think that in doing so, Aunt Vi will be able to you know, get her baby fever, you know, I, I don't know if it's baby fever mm, that she's experiencing. Mm-hmm. You know, she'll be able to have baby, a, a baby around because Blue's gone yeah. or he's going to be gone yeah. again. And, you know, she'll get to see the baby and Hollywood can play with the baby. She can play with the baby. That she can help and do all of her on by things that she wants to do. And everybody will just live in that beautiful home as a big, happy, borderline family. That's, That's a good point, Shawnee, because Aunt Vi has been wanting, you know, seem like she's been wanting to have like a kid around or is having some thoughts or regrets about not having kids so i'm sure you know being around a new baby might do something to help ease that a little bit for her so i like that all right all right everybody so as promised it is time for our shots of bourbon and as promised we have anthony sparks queen sugar showrunner back with us to participate in the festivities so I cannot wait to hear who Anthony thinks had the best episode, but also the best season because we're doing our two for one. So I will actually just go ahead and start off. And, you know, given that my shot of bourbon for the episode and the season is the same person, I'll just, you know, loop that all into one. So I'm giving my shot to Charlie. I think she has been very consistent this season, making moves, putting the team on her back, you know, always the one who, I mean, Charlie's the one that you want on on the squad for sure. She had a lot of growth this season, not just professionally, but also personally as well. Um, And, you know, at the end of the season, you know, she's decided, you know what, I'm going to do what I would like to do. She got her man. She moving back home you know what, I, I, I'm not mad at it. You know, she saved the day and is still going to be able to ride off in the sunset with her ex and her next Davis. So um, <laughs> I support whatever makes you happy, boo. Um, so I'm going to give my shot to Charlie. All right. Let's see. Uh, Panama, go ahead. Oh, absolutely. I want to go first. So I got two different people for the episode and for and for the, the season. The episode is going to none other than Hollywood. <laughs> because and I, I bet Jabri going the same place. Hollywood got to turn into a superhero. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Um, my man, my man had a job to do. He had one job and he did that job and he showed back up with Theo, who then stood up to Parker, was like, Hey, don't you get no me. more Parker. Put his foot no down. more. Whatever he said. Listen. Of all the characters, 
Hollywood got to turn into a brand new character for a whole episode, <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> Nobody was topping Hollywood's episode because Hollywood got the job, got time the job results. Done. Results. Right. Yes. Yes, yeah. he got results. Now, in terms of the season, I want so I kind of went back and forth on this one because there's two clear contenders for who had the best season. Um, mostly because the peaks and valleys were very high. So, for instance, I want to give it to Ralph Angel because Ralph Angel dropped very low but came very high back with his co-op thing that he stole from Darla. <laughs> but they are um, a package. <laughs> they together. But right, they are a package deal until they are married. But I do think. I do think uh, Charlie's going to get my shot for the season because Charlie, Charlie's been elevated to to big wig status, or you know she, the big wigs know who Charlie is. She's in the Democrats. She's in the the mouths of Democrats everywhere, like talking about her running and and all this other stuff. But she got her man again, who keeps showing up with really good, beautiful romantic <laughs> <Yeah>. gestures. Hopefully, <laughs> he'll keep that up. I don't think he will. Men go men, but you know. <laughs> He gonna mess it up, <laughs> Charlie. He ain't gonna mess it up. It's just it's a lot of work to keep showing up with 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 stalker picnics as Corey likes to call it. So you know, but Charlie had a good. Charlie really. Charlie has been a a a a great calming factor for the family for the season. Like she's literally the reason in the family why things always manage to be okay in the end. Ultimately, so I'm gonna give my shot to Charlie okay. for the season. All right, Jabri. Yeah, uh, I was going somewhere similar. Um, Hollywood, like Hollywood, you know, he went straight up man on fire. Uh, that Denzel flip, he's, uh, the kid gets kidnapped. He went out. He he beat the streets. Like, he uh, uh, smoothing up the bartender, like, getting all the tips. He has a backstory about a brother and the military. I and mean, a picture. And a picture. Hollywood showed off his particular set of skills. And uh, I thought I thought that was I thought that was great. Um, it's it's not Charlie. I feel like Charlie Charlie um you know Charlie abandoned everybody at the okay. end of the episode. I mean, <laughs> she said she's leaving. Y'all are on your own. I'm tired of taking your care of y'all messes, and I'm going back to L.A. with my man. So I, I I'm not giving it to Charlie for that. I mean, I'm glad she's happy, but I mean, I'm looking out for everybody. The needs of the many outweigh the needs right. of the few. So um uh and for the season, for the season, you know. As frustrated as we've been with Ralph Angel, I got to give it to Ralph Angel because in the end, you know, he's got his new baby, you know, everything's back on an upward trajectory. You know, um, I assume that the payday loans are in the rearview mirror. Uh, <laughs> Let us pray. <laughs> Let us pray. Please, no more payday, payday loans. Loan. So as far, <laughs> so yeah, as, far as the story things. arc, for him to get back, headed north, you know, back on the upward trajectory, that's a herculean feet so i got to give my shot for the season okay so you gave your shot for the episode to hollywood too okay hollywood and ralph angel. yeah hollywood All and right. then ralph angel. okay yep i know i'm tallying I'm, I'm i'm taking the notes i got the notes okay well shawnice you want to go next sure why not um you know i was kind of on the fence about this but i think that i'm going to go ahead and Side with with Panama and Jabri on this, and give <laughs> y'all are crazy. Shot. I what? personally, I was okay. He's a very, superhero right. now. I was very entertained. Very <laughs> 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 entertained. I mean, I just I just feel like had Hollywood not been there with Theo, he did seal up, the deal. The end, 
the, the plan would not have been as great. It would have been foiled. Yeah. Right? They needed him to right. come out the back. Parker would have been like, right. no, y'all don't. And then here, here come Theo. Boom. No Parker <laughs> Campbell. So, probably would not have orchestrated that. Where okay. would we be? All right. All right. right. Where would if we not be? For Hollywood. If not for Hollywood. Okay. That's so, right. where's the Go ahead and tally. I got you. I got you. Okay. <laughs> now, for the episode, I mean, for the season, this is tough because I, I personally have really enjoyed Micah's. Um, I don't know. I don't maybe enjoy is not the right word, but I have been really intrigued by Micah's personal journey with his identity. Um, yeah. And I think that you know, as a young man, as a as a young person, period. You know, you're in college, you're you're encountering all of these things. Your family is is tripping. Y'all got all this stuff going on, and you are just battling with all these internal you know all the forces ideas and all of the forces and you finally worked through it you worked through it and you got to an ending point you got to the bottom as they intended to you know as he intended to is that worth a shot i mean we've given out martinelli's (laughs) and other (laughs) non-alcoholic beverages and so i mean if that well first of all let's not act like they don't be popping they do yes at at the frat yes (laughs) for sure I'm gonna go ahead and slide under the okay. table. Slide him a shot. Here you go. Don't tell nobody that I gave you that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Got Mike on the board. Okay. Mm-hmm. Corey. Well, I'm <laughs> not giving Hollywood the shot for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you are terrible uh, job with being Sherlock Homeboy. Clearly <laughs> 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 asking police questions, <laughs> which would never get you an answer in those settings. <laughs> <laughs> my shot for the episode and for the season to my main man, uh, Dominic. You know, <laughs> somehow, somehow in y'all mind, Hollywood is the reason the plan came together when in actuality, Dominic is the reason the plan worked because he's the one who went to Baton Rouge and got the paperwork done. So, you know, he, but does that mean his FBI friends? But I say, but does that mean he had a good week? Yeah, him and Nova, uh, you know, I guess. Taking All right. he, he hasn't had a bad one yet. Did. There's no ups and downs for him. There's only up, you know. So because he, if he's been on the up and up every week, uh, yeah, you ain't wrong about that. He hasn't well, had except a bad when he week. got hammed up by his his uh, fellow police peers. Exactly, he was laid out right in the grass next to Nova. But even then, that's a good thing because he was there to have her back to support her in her time of uh, police brutality. <laughs> her time of police brutality. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's go. All right, Dominic on the board. So I'm gonna just okay. I'm gonna let you know right now. We have Hollywood in the lead right now for the episode with three. We have Charlie okay. right now in the lead with two. Uh, for the for the season. Uh, Ralph Angel with one, Dominic with one. And so, Anthony, I don't know which way you're going to go. We might be in a precarious situation depending on no, the boat. Huh? Oh, I was, I was just giving the leaderboard. So, for the season, we have two for Charlie, one for Ralph Angel, one for Micah, one for Dominic. So, 
I'm just, I'm a, yeah, Corey gave both the dollars. I don't know if my choice is going we're, we're, we're going to see what happens. You you he gave them both to Dominic. It's on you. You know what's so funny yeah. really quickly about Dominic? People have been so suspicious yes. of that character. I, yes. I feel like he became a Rorschach test for whether you could accept love in your life. He lives next door. He shows up. He brings her stuff. He, he literally helped them solve the problem with the bones. He, like, he asked the question. I don't know what to say to you because his brother is perfect. I think, I, I think, I, listen, in defense, of, in defense of myself, I feel like I have watched a lot of diabolical television. And so I don't put yes. anything past these writers' rooms that always try to twist and turn us. And you get true. comfortable with somebody and it's fall true. in love, and all of a sudden they wasn't shit from the beginning. So right. you gotta, you, right. I gotta stay on my toes. No, but just after what Calvin revealed yeah. in, the, in the season five. Yeah, I mean this is true. That's all he was doing. He, she needed some sugar. She he brought her some sugar. She wanted so, some weed. But then he also sugar. said, "So where you going? So, so, Here's some sugar. Said, where you going? So and yeah, what time yeah. are you gonna be there? So the fans can shut. So Anthony, I, I be- here's some rolling. Anthony, papers. I believe it if you say it. Are we barking up the wrong tree with Dominic? Yes, all right, yes. oh, all yeah. right. Y'all heard it no, here right. first. Yeah. <laughs> he just wants to love Nova, <laughs> to love Nova okay. and I believe it because Anthony he said it. All right, but but all right, okay. but okay. but he is a good brother. So, like I said, he became the Rorschach test, and I was like, sister, y'all, got, you gotta know a good one when he shows up. All right, <laughs> all right, okay, okay. I'll receive that. So, I'll receive that. Okay, your shots. All right. So my shot actually for the episode. Um, I don't know that my choices are gonna like help break this this tire at all. My shot for the episode actually goes to Mike. Okay, actually goes to Mike. Um, we're very proud of of in, endeavoring to do that storyline this season. Um, a, a, a storyline that I, I've not really seen. You know, it doesn't yeah. exist anywhere. And you know, you know, the the idea was floated when we first started the season. Um, you know, Nick Ash has been very vocal about who he is recently and they're like why does have Micah come out and I was like mm, no <laughs> I was like no it's not 1985 after school special <laughs> yeah. and I said I appreciate I said, that now, what what we haven't seen and that's something that I have thought about personally a lot is the small space that black men are allowed to have in terms of expression of love and intimacy and that I said, now that I haven't seen. And I said, you know, if it turns into something else later, you know, fine. You know, someone else can go write that. But what we're going to do, and I was so glad that I was supported on this, is is highlight just how small that space is that Black men have to be fully emotional by having him question his sexuality just because he feels close to yep. blah, blah, blah. So it's really not a story about Micah. It's really a, a story that's a critique on the framework that Black men are allowed or really yep. not allowed to exist. Because, Corey, you're, you're, you're actually right in a lot of ways. Like, why can't you just say that or not? Because we're not allowed to. And so literally somebody who's 19, 20, 21 years old 
and still figuring out who they are in lots of aspects of their life goes, well, this must mean because society tells me X, Y, Z. That was the point of the story. Really not that, oh, he's fluid or blah, blah, blah. He may be, but that, but the point of the story was to point out like, wow, we really can't even exist outside of a construct where we can just love each other and be cool and that's it without it turning into or being suspected of something else so that was the point of the story so i so michael went there in this episode to a very uncomfortable place to have a very um brave conversation i think for that character and so i have to give my shout out to him for okay for the season for the season to me it can't go to nobody else. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> That's fair. Makes For sense. all the reasons, Panama, I can't say it any more perfectly than you said when you almost gave him the shot. Because he went, he went on such a ride. And for him to then be talking about these massive sort of, like, he's really trying to step outside of the construct. So this season for me and for the writers was really about exploring the constructs in which we live how they limit us in many ways and how do you bust that up how do you bust that up? how do you bust up the notion of ownership how do you bust up the notion of 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 of, of love and, and 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 intimacy between you know black men how do you how do you how does charlie get to a place where she says in episode nine i realize i don't have enough power i gotta i need to help the people that i want to love how do i bust that up you know, um, and so that's really what that's really. So I have to give it to Ralph Angel because to me, he epitomized the best of black people and that he, yes, he made some mistakes because he's human and we all make mistakes, but he was also set up. He was taken down really low and he didn't quit. He reached out, joined hands with finally <laughs> <laughs> with other people and his family and he is still standing at the end of the season and he's thinking about bigger and better and to me that's a perfect metaphor for for black love that's what we well that was very beautiful anthony (laughs) but as expected that puts us in a precarious situation because we now have a tie now we do have a clear winner for for the episode hollywood won so there's that yeah but yeah. we have a tie yeah. now for Charlie and Ralph Angel. So, I mean, how do we want to do this? Do we need a tiebreaker or do we just want to give it to them both? Give it. The tie goes to our illustrious guest. Okay. I mean, Anthony, you can cast the decide and vote if you, if you want. Well, he said I was clear. Oh, I he said I was clear. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Then I'm clearly biased and all in. Okay, on well, we will, we will go your direction. Right. So our two shots right. this week are going to Hollywood and Ralph Angel. So clink, clink to y'all, gentlemen. Clink, clink. clink, clink. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, that's going to wrap up this, this, this season's last episode of Bourbon and Bordelones here on the Blacktastic Podcast Network uh, for both the episode... And you would be one of them. And for season six as a whole, um, man, I love doing this podcast. It's been wonderful having these conversations and seeing the story arcs. Um, I completely agree. Like we've never seen Micah's story before. We've never seen Ralph Angel's story over the over the course of these seasons. But Micah, like this season, we've never seen that. Um, 
Still don't trust Dominic as far as I can throw him. But we no. were told to, to <laughs> let Dominic let live. All right, I let it go begrudgingly. But, you know, we, you know, all of us here at Bourbon Aboard Loans want to thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for joining in every week. Um, for myself, for Jabri, for Janae, for Corey, for Shanice. Uh, thank you, Anthony, for joining us for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Truly blessed. Truly appreciative. Um, Thank you. We got to get you. We got to get you on more when, when next season For comes sure. around because we have the word here that, that you know we <laughs> got a season seven, a, 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 another season. <laughs> so um, from us here at Bourbon and Border Loans, thanks Anthony. Thanks to everybody listening. Uh, shouts out to to the homie Chelsea in the background who makes these things happen, and you know to the entire Queen Sugar family. That's a wrap on season six for our purposes. So, one, two, three. Take flight. Take flight. Flight. Uh, <laughs> Corey still didn't do it. <laughs> We're gonna participate in that. <laughs> Never. This I hope it never goes away. Love kisses on my eyes. My heart will always hold a place for you. Your touch helps me find peace. Let's seek out, give my last peace to you. That's how you know it's real.